0: I feel a word in my spirit to preach. <clears throat> I've, I've sought the Lord in a way I've fought with the Lord over what to preach. I don't feel like it's, it's really common to my ministry to preach like this. But I feel an unction in my spirit. Amen. If you have your Bible, let's go to 2 Kings, the 7th ch- chapter. We'll begin in the 14th verse. 2 Kings chapter 7. In verse 14. Before we read that, I want to read you a scripture in Genesis, the 14th chapter. Amen. And the 14th verse says, And when Abram heard that his brother was taken captive, he armed his trained servants born in his own house, 318, and pursued them unto Dan. He divided himself against them, he and his servants, by night, and smote them and pursued them unto Hobah, which is on the left hand of Damascus. He brought back all the goods. He also brought again his brother Law and his goods and the women also and the people. Amen. Abram, he heard that his brother was taken captive. And he armed his trained servants born in his own house. The Bible likens Isaac to Jesus. He was the one who laid on the altar. Abraham about to sacrifice his own son. And so if the son is a type of Jesus, then the father, you could say, is, is a type of God Himself. Amen. The Bible says when Lot was taken captive, he armed his trained servants born in his own house. Do you know who that is? That's you. Amen. You're the trained servant born in the house of God. If you've been baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of your sins, you've been born of the water. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues, you've been born of the Spirit. You are born in the house of God. Amen. So I'm going to go ahead and tell you before I start preaching tonight. I need you, the trained servant. When you find out your brother is taken captive, I need you to be armed and ready to fight for your brother. Oh, yeah. I'm not going to make any bones about it tonight. I'm coming here with a sword, not a sword of destruction. I've come with the sword of deliverance. Amen. I've come ready to fight for somebody's soul that's in this house. I wonder if there's some people in this house right now that God's been good to you and and you've been walking in blessing and favor and you've been walking in breakthrough. I wonder if you could just go ahead and arm yourself and say, "Tonight, I'm going to get with the preacher and I'm going to fight for my brother that's captain." Yeah. Second King's the seventh chapter and the 14th verse. They took therefore two chariot horses, and the king sent after the host of the Syrians, saying, "Go and see." And they went after them unto Jordan, and lo, all the way was full of garments and vessels which the Syrians had cast away in their haste. And the messengers returned and told the king. The people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. So a measure of fine flour was sold for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. 16th verse again. And the people went out and spoiled the tents of the Syrians. They went out. Amen. I want to preach what the Lord gave me, and it's simply this you need a breakthrough. Come on, why don't you lift your hands? Let's pray right now. Thank you for everyone that's gathered here today, God. Speak to us in this house, oh God. Lord, let a prophetic glory come upon me, God, that I can preach your word. Come on, why don't you pray right now that the word would go forth with clarity and purity and power and anointing and strength. the honor. Come on, why don't you clap your hands to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Turn to somebody before you're seated and say, you need a breakthrough. Amen. You can be seated. The book of Deuteronomy is the reiteration of the law of Moses. And you come to the, the late 20th Chapters of Deuteronomy. And Moses begins to lay out blessings and curses that will happen dependent upon the activity of the people of Israel in the land of promise. Deuteronomy 28 and 50 starts a very horrific scene in prophecy to the people of Israel. Moses writes that a nation of fierce countenance, which shall not regard the person of the old nor show favor to the young, He shall eat the fruit of thy cattle and the fruit of thy land until thou be destroyed, which also shall not leave thee either corn, wine, or oil, or the increase of thy kind, or flocks of thy sheep until he have destroyed thee. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates until thy high and fenced walls come down, wherein thou trustest, throughout all thy land. And he shall besiege thee in all thy gates throughout thy land, which the Lord thy God hath given thee, and thou shalt eat the fruit of thine own body, the flesh of thy sons and of thy daughters, which the Lord thy God hath given thee in the siege and in the straitness wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee. What a horrific picture that Moses is prophesying. He said, there's going to come a day if you don't listen to the word of God It's going to get so bad. the, the, The siege and the straightness is going to be so tight around you that you're going to take and you're going to eat the fruit of your own body, the flesh of your sons and your daughters, which the Lord your God has given you in the siege and in the straightness, wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee, so that the man that is tender among you and very delicate, his eyes shall be evil toward his brother and toward the wife of his bosom and toward the remnant of his children, which he shall leave. Moses said, even the man among you that is the most tender, the most delicate, amen, the man that is least likely to be any kind of aggressive, that man in the siege and in the straightness, he's going to turn against his own brother. He'll turn against the wife of his bosom. He'll turn against his own children which he has left so that he will not give to any of them of the flesh of his children whom he shall eat. Not only is he being aggressive to his own family. I'm, I'm going somewhere with this. I promise. I just need you to understand some things right now. Amen. Moses is writing to the people of God. And he said the most tender and the most delicate man among you he's going to be so aggressive and and so terrible in this affliction that he's going through that not only is he going to be eating the flesh of his own children but as he's eating the flesh of his own children he's not even going to share with his brother or with his wife or with his other children not only is he going to be murdering his own seed but he's going to be murdering his own seed selfishly not given to anybody else amen this is a this is a horrific Picture that Moses is painting to the people of God. Why would he do this? Because he has nothing left to him in the siege and in the straightness. Wherewith thine enemies shall distress thee in all thy gates. Then he switches to the woman. The tender and delicate woman among you, which would not adventure to set the sole of her foot upon the ground for delicateness and tenderness. Her eyes shall be evil toward the husband of her bosom toward her son, toward her daughter, toward the young one that cometh out from between her feet, and toward the children which she shall bear. For she shall eat them for want of all things secretly in the siege and straitness, wherewith thine enemy shall distress thee in thy gates. The woman who's so delicate that she won't even take her bare foot and put it on the ground for fear of what, what bacteria may be on the ground or the dust or... Or whatever it may be. She's so tender and delicate she won't even put her foot on the ground. She's going to turn so so profusely angry. Oh, terrible. She would eat the children that she bore. Amen. We, we, would, we would think of this as being, being something as horrific as you would experience out of animals. Amen. Only an animal would eat its own young. Only an animal would do something like this. And Moses is speaking to the, the favored people of God. And he said, if you don't listen to the commandments of God, it will get so bad in your life that you will eat your own children. Amen. Why, why would Moses say all this? Well, there was a man by the name of Omri. He knew a man named Shemer. Omri buys a piece of land From this man named Shemer in the Bible. And atop this piece of land. on, On the top of a hillside that overlooks a valley. A strategic position. Omri builds a city called Samaria. After the name. The man whom he bought the land from. Amen. Atop this hill. Omri builds a city called Samaria. Ancient Samaria if you look it up. It's told by historians that, that the walls of Samaria were four and a half feet thick, made of ashlar blocks. Ashlar was that they would take stones, fine stones, and they would begin to chisel away at them until they were perfectly cornered, 90 degrees. They may have been longer or shorter. They may have been wider or maybe not. And But they were all, they all had 90 degree edges as close as possible. And they would take these blocks and they would put them together. So you imagine the look of a stone wall, four and a half feet thick. Historians don't even know how tall it was. Amen. It was a wall built for the defense of the city of Samaria. A wall that in its construction, its purpose was that when our enemies come against us, this wall will stop the attack of the enemy. Amen. Its purpose was defense. Its purpose was protection. Amen. It was a wall that that would be a hedge about those that dwelt within the city of Samaria. It was something that they felt safe with. It was something that they ran into when they felt that there was danger outside and then inside of these walls in the gaps they had gates and they could close these gates and so you could run into the city of Samaria and they could close the gates and you were tucked in behind the walls and nothing, nothing could come at you. No enemy could get to you because of the walls of Samaria and not only was it a walled city with gates but it was set atop a hill and so from the top of the wall you could see no telling how far to an enemy coming. Nobody was gonna surprise you from these walls. Nobody was gonna sneak up on you from these walls. Amen. Nobody was gonna nobody was gonna besiege you. Nobody was gonna get past these walls. They were walls of protection. And of defense but they were being dwelt in by people who had forgotten the law and the commandment of God. Amen. 2 Kings chapter 6 said it came to pass after this that Ben-Hadad king of Syria gathered all his host And went up and besieged Samaria the place of beautiful walls tall and, and, and gates that would protect them. And there was a great famine in Samaria and behold, they besieged it until a donkey's head was sold for four score. That's 80 pieces of silver. And the fourth part of a cab of dove's dung was sold for five pieces of silver. Amen. There was a place that was built. It was designed for defense. And somewhere along the way, something went wrong. Amen. And the enemies of God's people became... They, they came to besiege the city of Samaria, and everybody runs into the walls. And they close the doors. They close the gates. They're protected now. The enemy can't get in. But in not understanding, the enemy couldn't get in. They couldn't get out either. Amen. And, and there's something. There's something that humans need, and it's food and it's water. They need sustenance. And what they didn't realize when they closed those gates and they built those walls. They didn't realize that if we close ourselves off to the world, eventually our supplies behind the wall are going to die. Eventually our supply behind the wall.
1: Oh, yes, 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 yes. Oh, yes.
0: Not understanding that if we stay here too long, if we stay locked in behind these walls, one of these days we're going to start starving to death. And there's going to be a famine in the land. Amen. I'm here to preach to somebody right now. You built walls for defense. And you put gates and bars. And you closed yourself in to defend yourself from your enemy. But what you've realized now is that you're starving to death behind your own. Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost right now. You're starving to death behind your own walls. Amen. And the price is too much to pay for just a little bit of sustenance. Amen. You're like the prodigal son stuck in your own prison. Amen. And you're paying for burden. Poop, just to try to eat. I'm here to preach to somebody. There's sustenance outside the walls, but you got to open up your. Oh yes,
1: yes, 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 yes. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah.
0: The Bible tells us the king of Samaria comes walking along the top of the wall, and a woman cries. She says, King, you got to help me. He said, how am I going to help you? Am I going to help you from the wine press? From the barn? I ain't got nothing either. What you need? She said, well, what happened was that yesterday, me and this lady agreed that we were going to eat her son. Or no, my son. And then today, we were going to eat her son. And so yesterday... We boiled my son, and we ate my son. And then come today, and now the woman's taken, and she's hidden her son. So I ain't got anything to eat. Just think about this. Think about the terror of this picture. Amen. I need the help of the Holy Ghost to preach this message right now. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, help me right now, Lord. King, he begins to tear his clothes and cry. Oh, this is horrific. How am I supposed to help somebody that's come to this state of depravity? And right now, I already know, I'm getting the looks. You're sitting here thinking, how could they do something like that? I would never do anything like that. Yet Paul in the book of Galatians, he said, be careful when you're biting and devouring one another lest you be consumed one of another. Oh, I'm here to preach to somebody tonight. Uh, I, I, I can talk about them eating their fleshly children, eating them physically. You get you, your stomach starts turning, but you're so far starving, locked behind your walls, that you're biting your kid's head off. And you're tearing into them, and you don't realize you may not be eating their flesh, but you're consuming their spirit. You're devouring them because you're locked behind your own walls. But God sent a preacher to this house tonight. I came to tell you, you you, you don't need another body of your kids. You, you need a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost! Yeah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Why don't we lift our hands and pray right now?
1: In the name
0: of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I'm talking to somebody tonight that the enemy's come against you. You've closed yourself off. Now you're wondering what's happening. Your marriage that used to be so happy. Seems like you're at each other's throats all the time. I'll tell you what's happening. You're starving behind your own walls. You're starving behind your own walls. Amen. The Bible says when you get hungry enough, you'll start chewing on your own family. You'll start chewing on your own children. I'm here to preach to somebody tonight that you're destroying your own family. You're destroying your own household because you think you need all these things, but you don't realize all you need is a breakthrough. Amen. All all you need is to open up the gates and get outside your own walls.
1: Amen. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. In the name of Jesus.
0: I'm not here to attack anybody. Like I said, I, I don't have a sword for destruction. I have a sword for deliverance. Because what you don't realize is that you're a captive. You you may not be behind somebody else's walls, but you're a captive inside your own walls. Amen. But God sent a preacher with a sword tonight, and I'm going to preach to you for a little while. Amen. Amen. What you built for protection has become your prison. Amen. Your, your, Your little haven has become your hell. Amen. And you're dying behind your own defenses. But what you need is a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. Amen. What you need to realize... Oh, leprosy was a type of sin in the Bible. The Bible says there was four lepers. If I can say it like this, even the sinner understood. If I stay in this state, I'm going to die. Amen. If I go in the city, I'm going to die. If I stay right here, I'm going to die. I've got to do something other than what I'm doing. Amen. I'm preaching to somebody. You've tried everything else. Amen. You've exhausted all your options, and now you're wondering what to do. I'm here to tell you what to do. You need to get a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost.
1: Amen. Oh, hallelujah. I've preached
0: it myself. The lepers start walking. And as their feet hit the sand, God amplifies the noise. And the Syrians hear, they hear the sound. It sounds like a multitude, an army. They begin to flee in terror. Oh, yes. If I can preach to you for just a little while. You locked up for a good reason. Uh, I'm, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not questioning your motives. I'm not trying to destroy your intentions. That, that's not what I'm here to do. What I'm here to tell you is that in your defense, you're killing yourself. Amen. Amen. You have built walls and, and you're guarded. The truth of the matter is that nobody can even reach for you. Nobody can even get to you. And you think you're all right. You think there's more danger outside the walls than there is inside the walls. Let me tell you something. There's always a chance that if you just start walking... If you just start praying, if you just start doing what you need to do, that God will run your enemies away. Amen. You, you, you gotta get it out of your mind that, that your enemies are gonna take over if you walk outside your walls. You've got to get it out of your mind that if I ever allow myself to be open, that somebody's gonna hurt me, or, 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 or that anxiety is gonna come back, or, or, or those, those horrific memories from my past or, or my childhood. And so I gotta keep these walls up. No, ma'am, you don't have to keep the walls up. you got to God heal your heart. Oh, I've come to reach for somebody in the Holy Ghost. I feel a prophetic anointing on me right now. You, you, you built walls to try to defend yourself and you're starving to death behind your own walls. Hear the preacher tonight. Just get a breakthrough. Break through the walls that you built to defend. Just let God Come on, lift up your hands and pray right now, church. Come on, lift up your hands and pray right now. Come on, reach over and join up with somebody right now. Come on, pray for your brother. Pray for your sister right now. they sent a messenger to the prophet Elisha. Before the messenger ever got there, the prophet knew he was coming. He said, look at this. That son of a murderer is sending a messenger to me right now. He said, when he comes through that door, you catch him and shut the door fast. His master's feet are right behind him. So they take and they catch the messenger and the messenger's chiding with Elisha. Elisha just looks at him real calm. And he said, by this time tomorrow, There's going to be an abundance. Measure of wheat sold for a shekel. Two measures of barley sold for a shekel. There's a man there. I want you to hear me in the Holy Ghost right now. There's somebody standing by. And he said, would this be if God opened the windows of heaven? Could this be? Or in other words, man of God, I I, I hear you preaching. That everything's going to be fine by this time tomorrow. But my faith is so low that if God opened the windows of heaven would what you're saying come to pass? The man of God looked at the naysayer God have mercy on you if you're the naysayer tonight the man of God looked at the naysayer in the scripture and he said you'll see it with your eyes but you will not partake of it. Let me tell you something tonight It's important as the word of God is going forth that you don't just sit back and say, Elisha, have you been to Samaria lately? I I hear what you're saying, preacher, but you're not living in my situation. And so if God Himself opened the windows of heaven, it ain't going to be like you said it would be. Let me tell you something. You just need a breakthrough. You just need a breakthrough. Yeah, you, you, you've got big problems. I understand big problems. You've got problems in your finances. You've got problems in your marriage. You've got problems on the job. You've got problems in your family. You come and the preacher says, You just need to come pray one more time. And they, well, he just don't understand my problem. I'll tell you what I do understand. I understand the power of God. I I, I don't have to understand how many bills you have as compared to how much money you've got. I, I don't have to understand the horrific pain of your past. I don't have to understand your family dysfunction. I don't have to understand any of that. I understand a God that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that you could ask or think. Amen. You just need to throw you down out the window and say, God, I need a
1: breakthrough.
0: Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Amen. There were four leprous men at the entering end of the gate. They said one to another, Why sit we here till we die? I want you to look at your neighbor and say, Why are we sitting here till we die? Now I pray that your situation doesn't find you sitting there about to die. But if it does, get those words in your mind. Because sitting here ain't going to do you any good. Just another service where you walk in the back door, set yourself down on a pew, and the singers sing, and the musicians play, and the preacher preaches, and the same folks pray over and over and over, and you walk out the same way you came. Why are you sitting here until you die? I'm telling you, there's so much power of God in this house right now. There's so much power of God in this
1: place. Anything can be changed. Why would you sit here and die? Oh God.
0: If we say we will enter into the city, the famine is in the city. Let me put it like this. If you say you're going to retreat to your walls, you'll die there. If you sit on the pew like nothing's wrong, you'll die there. You have one option. And that option is to get up and start walking. The very definition of insanity is to do the same thing over and over and over. And expect a different result. Amen. You bring yourself in, you sit on the pew. They start the service, you stand up, they sing three songs, you sit down. You come around, you give your offering, they sing another song. Preacher gets up, you stand for the reading, you sit down, you listen. Everybody claps, you may say amen, one or two times. The preacher makes an altar call, you stand there, and you just stand at your pew. Amen. The preacher dismisses service and out you go. The exact same way that you came in. Amen. I, I, I'm trying to reach for somebody tonight. If you've got a problem, you need change. If you've got a situation, you need
1: change. I don't care how impossible it seems. Why don't you get up and say, God, I need a breakthrough. Come on. Come on.
0: Come on, I need some trained servants to take out your sword right now. It's time to go to war. Come on, I need somebody to help me go to war right now.
1: Oh! In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus,
0: be seated. In the name of Jesus. I, I, want, you to, I want you to think sincerely. And, and I want you to be honest with yourself. If God's been good to you, because I'll go ahead and tell you, I'm not preaching to everybody in this house tonight. And, and if I'm not preaching to you, then I, I don't need you to check out on me. I need you to get on board and fight with me. Come on. We've got to get past the point where where we just allow captives to sit in the the building with us day after day after day and service after service after service. Amen. I I need some saints of God to begin to allow the Holy Ghost to use you and and as the word is going forth allow the Holy Ghost to lay somebody on your heart and and you you begin to pray and you begin to intercede. Amen. This This is where the trained servants get their sword and say you know what? Lot's in captivity right now and if we don't get up and fight for him, he may die at the hand of an evil king, but we've got power, amen, I want you to understand oh yeah I wish I wish that I could just walk down and lay hands on you right now because you're sitting there like you got everything together oh Jesus you're sitting there like the words going straight over your head The truth of the matter is that I've been to a place in prayer. I'm reading you like a book right now. Oh, yeah. Oh, in the name of Jesus. I'm trying to tell you there's a change. There's a solution to this problem. And and it's not that you need a vacation. It's not that you need a pay raise. You sure don't need another prescription pill. You don't need a change of scenery. You don't need to try another church. Amen. You sure don't need to try another spouse. You don't need to get away from your family. You don't need another powwow with your family. You need
1: a breakthrough in the Holy Ghost. You need to get desperate and say, God, I need you so bad. in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus
0: now therefore come let us fall under the host of the Syrians if they save us alive we shall live if they kill us we shall but die they rose up in the twilight to go into the camp of the Syrians and when they were come to the uttermost part of the camp of Syria behold there was no man there Let me tell you something. The enemy you're hiding from inside your walls is going to run in terror the instant you decide to step out of those gates. (laughs) Let me tell you, the Bible, the Bible is an amazing piece of literature. Instantly before the Syrians come and besiege Samaria, the Syrians... We're just at Samaria. Did you know that? It's instantaneous. 2 Kings chapter 6, chapter 7. Why were they at Samaria? Because they came after the man of God. I just preached it in my church. And the Syrians, they're, they're trying to set a trap for the people of God. And God would speak to the man of God. And he would say, don't go to this place because their camp is there. And so the king would avoid their camp. The Bible says not once nor twice. So it was at least three times. The Syrians would set a trap in the man of God. If I can say it like this, the devil would set a trap for you. And the man of God would get up and he would preach under the anointing of the Holy Ghost. And, and, and he would direct your steps. And you would avoid the pitfall. And then you would look back and say, yeah, the man of God preached that word. And I missed that pitfall. And so, so the Syrians, they get so mad. The king, he says, which one of my servants is telling them where we're going? The servant said, it's none of us. It's that prophet Elisha. He can hear what you're saying in your bedchamber. And he's telling the king where you're at. And so they said, we're going to get the man of God. And so here comes the whole host of Syria. They wake up in the morning. The servant goes out. He starts looking around. And the entire army of the Syrians is there. He runs into Elisha. Elisha! Elisha! The Syrians are here. What are we going to do? Elisha. He steps outside. He falls down and starts crying. Weeping. Oh God, what am I going to do? No. He steps outside. and He said, God... Open this boy's eyes. Because the man of God could already see that they that are with us are more than be with them. Right. In the name of Jesus. The Bible still says greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I want you to understand if you've got the gift of the Holy Ghost There is no army of hell that can stand against you. There is is no devil. There is no host. There is no nothing that can defeat you if you've got the Holy Ghost. Because greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world.
1: Oh, God. Maybe
0: you need a breakthrough and an eye opener. Amen. This is the amazing thing about the man of God. You need to stay close to your man of God. Yeah. Because he prays for his servant. God let him see your host. Open his eyes. And sure enough, the servant's eyes are open and he sees a heavenly host, chariots of fire. And it brought peace to him. And then the next prayer is he said, God, smite them with blindness. Your man of God has the ability to pray for you that your eyes will be open. And that your enemy's eyes will be closed. He takes an entire army. And he goes to them. And he said, no, Elisha, he's not here. Because they're blind. They don't know him. He said, but I'll take you to where he is. And so the entire host of the Syrians. In utter darkness. Following the man of God. Imagine... A blinded devil being led by your man of God. You know where he leads them to? Blind? He leads them to Samaria. And when he gets there, the king sees the whole host of the Syrians. And he says, Elisha, do I need to kill him? Elisha said, no, son. Feed them and send them home. And so here this big bad host of the Syrians is led to Samaria blind, fed by the king of Samaria, and sent home like a bunch of preschoolers. I want you to get this in your mind. Because that's where the story ends. And then it says, Then Ben-Hadad gathered all the host of Syria, and besieged Samaria and they were terrified they were just here and they were blind and they were powerless and we fed them and sent them home why are you afraid while they're here now come on come on child and God you need to understand God's done it before why am I afraid now Do you see what the devil does? He deceives. He deceives. And so he comes all bowed up, big and bad, with his chariots and his horses. And you get it in your mind. If I step out of these walls, I'm going to be destroyed. And so in a feeble attempt to protect yourself, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You close yourself in. and You don't realize how taxing it is. For too long, just for a little bit of sustenance, for a donkey's head. How much meat is there in a donkey's head? What good is a fourth part a cab of dove's dung. One was sold for 80 pieces of silver. One was sold for 5 pieces of silver. Somewhere along the way, you began to starve. It seems like now, everything is so emotionally taxing. Trying to get just a little bit of, a little bit of, feel good, a little bit of, of sustenance, a little bit of, of holdover, and it seems like it just cost you an arm and a leg and you just don't know how you're going to make it you're going to make it by getting a breakthrough Amen. Amen. so they go they go into the camp of the Syrians there was nobody there the Lord had made the hosts of the Syrians to hear a noise of chariots, horses, the noise of a great host. They said one to another, Lo, the king of Israel hath hired against us the kings of the Hittites, the Egyptians, to come upon us. Wherefore, they arose and fled in the twilight, left their tents, their horses, their donkeys, even the camp as it was, and fled for their lives. Amen. May I submit to you tonight, I do not believe it took those four lepers for God to perform that miracle. I believe he was waiting for the first person that was willing to start walking. If it had been the king that started walking, they'd have heard the same sound. If it had been a child that started walking, they'd have heard the same sound. If it had been a husband and a wife that would join hands and say we've been starving to death and we've been consuming one another and our marriage is on the rocks because we're stuck behind these walls and I'm not staying here another day. I'm going to start walking. I believe God would have performed the same miracle. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody tonight. You need to understand, even though the devil's got you scared, he's got you convinced that he's the big bad wolf, right outside the walls, you need to understand God is a roaring lion. Amen. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. And not only do you have god on your side you got you got a bunch of trained servants with their swords out and you've got an election you got a man of god that's willing to go to war for you You got to understand the same enemy that came to destroy you is going to be your
1: sustenance because god's going to turn it around
0: Was part of the camp. They go into one tent. They eat. They drink. They carried silver, gold, raiment. Went and hit it. Came again. Entered another tent. Carried thence also. Went and hit it. They said one to another. Let, let, let me just. Is there anybody here? Is there anybody here that you've been where I'm preaching right now, and you got a breakthrough? Will you stand up? Come on. Can, can, this is this is confession time. Amen. Now. I want you to look around and see this. I want you to look around and see this. And I want you to hear what the lepers said. They figured out that you can just march up into the enemy's camp and take whatever you want. And then they said, you know what? It ain't good that we're keeping this to ourselves." Oh, yeah. They said, we do not well. They're starving in Samaria. And I've done figured out what a breakthrough will do. Come on, somebody! Come on, somebody that's figured out what a breakthrough'll do. Come on, I need—I need somebody that's figured out what a breakthrough'll do. To say, you know what? I'm not doing good
1: keeping this to myself. i
0: Why do we not do well? Because this is a day of good tidings. Sit down. Amen. Thank you for standing. This is a day of good tidings. If we hold our peace and tarry till the morning light, some mischief will come upon us. Now therefore come, that we may go and tell the king's household. These lepers, they figured out what a breakthrough would do. And they said, you know what? I can't keep this to myself. I can't keep this to myself i gotta, I got to go tell those people that are locked behind their own walls, starving to death, overpaying for everything and not getting anything out of it. I've got to tell them, you know what? If you'll leave those walls, if you'll step out of those gates, you can come to the camp of the Syrians and they'll run from you. And you can take whatever you want. You know, there's a revelation in this. Did you know that the devil brings good stuff to the battlefield? Yeah, because he wants to eat, and, and, and he wants to look rich, and he wants to have spoils. So he brings all this stuff to the battlefield. So when you step out and win, he becomes sustenance. The thing that was designed to destroy you ends up building you. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. What they said about you, you're allowing it to destroy you. But if you would just step into a Holy Ghost prayer meeting, God would allow it to be a stepping stone. God would allow it to be a building block. Amen. What they did to break you wasn't to destroy you. It was so you'd be soft enough when
1: you stepped up on the potter's wheel that you could be formed and molded and made into what God wanted you to be. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: I feel the Holy Ghost right now. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on. I, I need you to understand, first of all, the power you have. And then I need, I need you to understand the opportunity that the battlefield presents to you. Because the Syrians had carried stuff from Syria that the Israelites never would have had if the Syrians hadn't brought it. Those lepers got gold and silver and raiment that they didn't have the money to buy because they beat the devil down and got it. Amen. You need to understand, I don't have to run from this battle. I just have to win. Amen. What is the Bible saying? Having done all to stand. Amen. You, you, don't, you don't even have to really fight. All you've got to do is stand. Having done all to... Don't run. Don't turn and retreat. Having done all to stand. Stand, therefore. Stand, therefore.
1: Oh, let this penetrate the heart right now, God. Stand there
0: Amen. They go to the king's household. They call the porter of the city. Told him, we came to the camp of the Syrians. Amen. And behold, there was no man there. Neither voice of man. Horses tied, donkeys tied, tense as they were. Amen. Let me put that in our terms. I went to the devil's camp, and there was no devil there. There wasn't even a whispering voice anymore. He had ran so far away when I broke out of my walls. I'm preaching to somebody right now. Come on. The devil ran so far away when I decided to stand up and do something that I don't even hear his voice anymore. He's not in my ear saying, you ain't worth nothing. You ain't ever going to be anything. You ain't going to amount to anything. You might as well just quit that church. They don't love you there. You don't fit in. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody right now. The devil's been telling you all this mess. And you need to understand, I'm going to stand up. And I'm going fi- to get a breakthrough. Oh, yeah. In the name of Jesus. So then comes our text. They get horses. See, even the king is skeptical. He says, I'll tell you what, they knew we were hungry. And so they've hid themselves in a field. And when we come out of this city, they're going to fall on us and kill us. And one of the servants said, if I can put it in Arkansas, if I can put it in Darren Motzern. Bruh, we've got five horses left. Let's at least try. We're dying. You know, maybe, maybe tonight, I- I'm almost done preaching, but maybe tonight... We need a good dose of logic to set in. It just says like, we're dying anyway. Come on. You're dying anyway. What are you afraid of the devil for? You're dying on the pew. You're afraid if I step out of these walls, he may attack me. You're starving to death anyway. You might as well just go ahead and take a chance. And so they take the horses and they begin to to track down the Syrians. And they go all the way to Jordan. And they said, you know what? There is spoil everywhere. There's there's all kinds of stuff out there. Because they had just run and run and run. And so the king, the king, they they come back and they tell the king. And then you know what happens? I I preached all that to preach this right here. You know what happens? Is that they got it in their mind. I can leave these walls. And it ain't going to kill me. Yeah, that's what you need to get in your mind. The situation that you're stuck in, you don't have to be stuck in. The depression that's had you bound don't have to keep you bound. Amen. Amen. I, I, I'm, not, I'm not jumping on anybody, but you've been medicating stuff that the Holy Ghost could fix. Yeah. God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love. And of a sound mind. Anything that's messing with your sound mind is not of God. And the Spirit of God will fix it. He gave us a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Why don't you stand together? And so, they come back. And they come back with their testimony. The lepers come back and they say, Hey, we went to the camp of the Syrians. And we found there's no enemies there. But there's stuff to eat. There's gold and there's silver and there's spoil and there's raiment. It's all this stuff. And You know what? If you'll leave those walls and go to the enemy's camp. There's more than enough. And you know what happened? They didn't tune the preacher out. They, they didn't allow the naysayer who said, if God opens the windows of heaven, would it even be like that? They didn't allow him to change their mind. They didn't allow him to weaken their faith. I, I, need, you, I need you to push out the naysayer right
1: now.
0: Because if you're listening to the naysayer, you'll never get what you need. Let me tell you something about a naysayer. They'll watch you get the victory and they still won't taste victory. Maybe maybe you need to start listening to the story of a leper who's experienced what happens when you go to the enemy's camp. Maybe you need to start listening to the testimony of those who were standing tonight who said, you know what? I've, I've been there. I've been at that place where where life hurt me so bad that I retreated into my own walls and and I fortified myself and I built defenses. I'm telling you, I'm preaching to somebody right now. you've, You've experienced what it is to starve to death behind your own defenses. And you've experienced what it is to open up those gates and just say, God, something's got to change. Oh, yeah. Jesus, help me right now. God, oh, God. There's some walls. There's some walls of insecurity in this building right now. They've kept you locked up. I know, I've been there before. I was raised in a Christian home. We were taught you didn't cuss. You just you don't curse. It's immoral. It's not pleasing to God. But I was a, I was a I was a real wordy guy. I was crafty with words. Brother Eric, kind of like you. I told somebody the other day, I said, This man, he's just good with words. He just gentleman and a scholar there. I was real crafty with words. I was really insecure. And so when somebody said something that poked my insecurity, I didn't have to cuss at them. Because really, what is their five five cuss words that people use, like the majority of what they say? And none of them really mean anything? They really just kind of show how ignorant you are because you don't have a better word to use in its place? I didn't... I didn't have to cuss because I was good with words. And so by the time I finished my tongue lashing, they would know you don't mess with him. But you know what? I was spewing venom inside my own walls. And pretty soon, everything was so covered with venom that I couldn't even move inside my own walls without being poisoned. By my own words, I'm preaching to somebody right now. You've been lashing out at your family, and you turn around and you're hurting worse when you finish than when you started. Because really, that's not who you are, that's not how you want to act. But you're just starving to death behind your walls. So you take a bite at anything you can, you're miserable. You think that maybe I sure can't let sister so-and-so into my world, because what if they hurt me? I can't let brother so-and-so into my world, because what if they hurt me? When pastor starts preaching down on my level, I'm gonna throw my walls up because nobody can know. I'm really broken, I'm starving, chewing on my own family. I'm dying inside. I've got to put up the facade of beautiful walls. let me tell you something why don't you open the gates open the walls they want to stab you in the back bless God I know the healer yeah come on they, 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 they want to throw their fiery darts they, they, want to, they want to stab they want to shoot their arrows that's fine You're going to die if you stay behind the walls. Might as well step out and let God take control. As I prayed yesterday, I was praying. My little brother preached for me last night. He wore it out. First time he ever preached. Amen. Amen. I was praying. I didn't have to preach. I'll just go ahead and tell you. It's normal for me on a day that I have to preach. I kind of struggle to get a breakthrough. There's a lot of nerves involved. and I just The days I preach aren't my best prayer days, if I can say it like that. There's a lot less stress on days when I ain't got to preach. So yesterday, I didn't have to preach. I was letting him stress out. He was the one nauseated. And all that stuff. And so I went in the church and I began to pray. Because I don't just pray because I'm preaching. I pray because I need to pray. And you need to pray because you need to pray. So I went into the church and I was praying. And and I'm not I'm not I'm not trying to like glorify myself or anything because it don't matter. But I had prayed for almost three hours. And I had not gotten anywhere. Finally, I told the Lord I was walking in my little church in Amity. And I lifted up my hands and I said, God! It's like there's a barrier in front of me. Doing everything I can and it's like I'm standing in front of a brick wall. The Lord said, You need a breakthrough. And instantly I understood. God began to deal with me. I experienced yesterday what you've been experiencing. I felt yesterday what it feels like to pray and pray and pray and never break through. I feel the Holy Ghost bearing witness right now to the word that's going forth. Do you know what the devil quickened? I mean what, what the Lord quickened in my mind? The devil's been trying to tell you. That you'll never get a breakthrough. The Lord said you're standing against walls that are destined to fall. God never intended for those walls to stand in your life. Joshua went to Jericho. He went to Jericho. And he stood outside the walls in the middle of the night. What was he doing? He was surveying, how am I going to break this wall down? And you know who appeared when he got to the side of the wall trying to figure out how to break it down? The angel of the Lord, the captain of the host of the Lord's army. Let me tell you something. If you'll come to your walls tonight, you may not know how they're going to fall, you may not know how to get out of these walls. You come to the edge of the walls with determination. I I can't find anywhere in the Bible where the Lord told Joshua to go to the walls. He just went because he knew these walls have to fall if I'm going to have victory. And when he got there trying to figure it out himself, the Lord appeared. And then Joshua turned around. This is, how, this is how flared up he was. His hackles were raised. He turned around and he said, are you for us or against us? He's talking to the angel, the captain of the Lord's host. And he basically said, like, are we going to fight or are you going to be my friend? What a determination to see walls fall. The angel said, no, I'm, I'm the angel of the Lord, the captain of the Lord's host. He falls down and begins to worship. And then what happened? Then Joshua got the revelation. This is how these walls are going to fall. You need to walk, and you need to walk, and you need to walk, and you need to walk. And then when you finish walking, you're going to have to shout. But he never got the revelation until he went to the wall of his own accord. In Samaria, the lepers came, the messengers went out, they... They checked it. They come back and they said, they're telling the truth. There's breakthrough. There's sustenance in the camp of the Syrians. The revelation was so powerful. The hunger for breakthrough so strong that they trampled the naysayers on the way to their victory. (laughs) Come on, somebody. I need you to begin to pray right now. I'm asking you, church, right now to be honest with yourself. Come on, I-, I could come lay hands on you right now. But I'm asking you to be honest with yourself. you got to come to the wall of your own accord. Come on, you you got to come to the wall of your own accord. you got to say, I, I-, I need out of here. I need a breakthrough like I've never had before. Come on, somebody begin to pray right now. Church, I need you to pray. I need the trained servants of Abraham right now to begin to intercede and to fight. Come on, I need you to pray right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Come on, somebody's gonna get a breakthrough tonight. Come on, you need a breakthrough. Come on, you, you don't need anything else. There's nothing that can fix that but a breakthrough. Come on, church, the altars are open right now. Come on, come to the wall. Come to the wall. Oh,
1: Oh, hallelujah.
0: Come on, saints, pray. Pray, come on. If you're where you need to be, help somebody pray right now. Help somebody pray right now. Come on, we need breakthrough in this house. Come on, we don't need business as usual. We
1: don't need just another altar call. Come on, we need breakthrough in this house.